Good morning! This is Lauren Cornelius, the voice of Dodo Chaplet, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for January 11th, 2022. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenflow. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. You should consult your local doctor to see if this show is recommended for you. I, I, really? This, this, uh, did we get a COVID test for this show, Steve? We are all tested and uh, sanitized for your protection. Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Chip, did you go to a movie theater in January 2022? I did not go to a theater. I, I got to see all of mine on the um, the big local screen in my home, Steve. You got a chance to see a historical film this week. You watched Spencer. This is about uh, the Was Duchess. Was she for hire? She was not for hire. No, not she Spencer was... for hire. Spencer for hire was a TV show. It's Chip. It's a TV show you've never heard of. Never heard of it. This is about Princess Diana. And um, this is a, a movie that came out. I guess it came out in November. And it's at the theaters. And all I could say is I did not rent it through the theater. I, I rented it through my television. So this was one of the full cost rentals. It was a $20 rental. Okay. Uh, and I got to watch it through the Apple TV. So this was a movie that we kept saying, hey, we should watch this. We should watch this. We should watch this. And then we watched it. And um, I will say this was a movie that explores Princess Diana and her um, just her sadness, mm. um, just being not very happy with her situation just constrained by the pressures and being under the constant microscope of the paparazzi and just some of the challenges of raising a family in that. Mm -hmm. And the movie's purpose of it, at least the director's purpose, as far as I can see, was to make you suffer along with her because mm -hmm. this movie was absolutely just, a, you know, two hours of watching you suffer, watching her suffer. Uh -oh. Um, this was not a very happy film. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure if they cast this uh, Princess Diana uh, correctly as far as the act, actor that they picked. Really? You think Kristen Stewart is not one of the best actors available who gives her line, delivers her lines so well and stares into the camera longingly for most of the film? Well, that's exactly what she did. Did you see this film? That's what she does. No, I will never watch a Kristen Stewart film on purpose. That's what she does. She stares into the camera longingly. That is what she's known for. Well, there are no sparkly vampires and no lichens in this, Steve. So, but she has not... lines, right? She knows her lines. She doesn't. You don't get the sense that somebody's 
shouting lines at her and waiting for her to say something. All right, let's just go ahead. This is 25 out of 100. There's there's an artistic merit to this film. They were trying to say something. The director was trying to say something. But it really was, you're suffering. You're going to suffer along with her. And I'm not really sure if that was even worthy of a subject of, of a film. Now, there may be some Oscar nods here, but I, 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 I think that, that they're going to totally mess. If you're a rank-and-file movie watcher, you're not going to enjoy this. And as a person who knows a little bit more about movies, because I've seen so many movies, I'm not sure that I could recommend this to any person. Yeah. So there's some surreal parts to it. The music is kind of interesting in the sense that it's this kind of sawing string instruments that will start. And then when we get to these surreal moments, they'll be, it'll kind of move into a jazz. So we go from sort of a classical to a jazz. And then there's one scene where they cut the music off all together, which means it's supposed to be real important. But I left this movie just saying, thank goodness it's over. <laughs> and it really it was designed to make you experience what Princess Diana experienced. And why this is bad, in my opinion. By the way, it, it, it ends where they all go to KFC and get some fried chicken. I am not kidding. That is how it ends. I just gave away, that's a spoiler. Japanese Christmas. Well, I mean, that's, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese celebrate Christmas, the most American holiday, by doing the most American thing they can think of, going to Kentucky Fried Chicken for what? Christmas. Get some fried chicken. Get some fried chicken. They say struggling with mental health issues. That certainly seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. But I would have much rather explored some of the things that Princess Diana had a passion for, because it always looked to me like the things that she would, when she did something that she had passion, it was very, you know, you're happy about it. Right. But this was not that. This was really, we're going to go to a Christmas event. We're going to have some disconnected conversations between the royal family. We were going to have some insights from the staff. And ultimately, she loves her children. Mm-hmm. Now, that seems like the, you could create a, a nice film on that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a beautiful film as far as the uh, cinematography. The music certainly was an interesting choice. But it was the subject matter that going through her mental health issues by making you suffer that I didn't like. So once again, 25 out of 100. Uh, Line. See, it, see, it, see it if you have to. Line. Kristen Stewart. I, I I don't know. There are certainly fans of Kristen Stewart's acting. I don't know how to enjoy her style of acting where she stares into the camera longingly. And that's the film. I don't understand it. No, I have not seen this film. Yes, your uh, 25% equals about the same thing on Amazon Prime right now. So uh, the world concurs with you. Well, look, I'm, I'm validated, Steve. You also got a chance to see Don't Look Up on Netflix. This is the Adam McKay big time all-star cast. This is the movie that everybody's talking about this week. How did you like Don't Look Up? This is a fantastic film. I'm glad you introduced it to us last week. 
This right here is probably 75 out of 100. I would recommend it. It is on Netflix. It's streaming. Certainly, it asks some great questions. It should challenge you on how you view information. And certainly, Adam McKay is just an incredibly gifted satirist. And this has got an incredibly gifted cast. My goodness. Some of my favorite are, was it Kate Blanchett? Uh-huh. And uh, Tyler um, Perry, just being, you know, everything is super happy because it's going to be super happy. (laughs) Yeah, they're the talk show hosts and and the talk show has to be super happy, even though these scientists are telling us that the world is coming to an end. The scientists are here with the science and Tyler Perry's like, but what about the superstar Ariana Grande, who's dating the other guy? It's, It's great satire. A little marriage going on there. Jonah Hill just just being disconnected, representing the president and the chief of staff. Ron Perlman, you know, just wanting it all. And then, you know, we have our wonderful Steve Jobs stand in, which was just... <laughs> Steve Jobs or Tim Cook? I, I, I felt that he was more representing... somewhere in between an amalgam of the two Apple CEOs, Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Well, it didn't work out, Steve. And (laughs) all I can say is you should should experience it. I think that it's a a wonderful challenge to how information is presented and how you view society. I mean, I, I really do think that Adam McKay has tapped into something really, really well. He is a, a person that should be noticed and, and we should follow more of. It's a movie that certainly stuck with me since I've, I watched it last week. I've been thinking about this movie a lot, thinking about how we process information and what we can do in the face of a global crisis. That's the big message is what can we do and, and, and what information do we have? What are we being fed by the media and by politics and, and what can we do? And, and I still don't have any answers to that. Well, Adam McKay, once again, certainly is grabbing the zeitgeist of the moment, much like Mike Judge grabbed the zeitgeist of the moment with his films and his satire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do think that we need these. These are the people who are putting the mirror to society. And it was well received. I, I certainly watched it. I'm very glad I watched it. It's one of the best films I've seen recently. And I I would recommend it to anyone. Yep, I agree. You also got a chance to see the Book of Boba Fett episodes one and two. That's on Disney Plus, the spinoff of The Mandalorian that I haven't gotten to yet, Chip. Well, this film is so money and it doesn't even know it, Steve. (laughs) John Favreau is just brilliant. He is putting together these stories. The Mandalorian was was one of my favorite things ever. Not just one of my favorite things John Favreau did, not just one of my favorite things from the year that it came out, one of my favorite things ever. The way that he can put together this space western is beautiful. And it truly is. It's a western in every sense. This is television. This is not movie level. I, I do think that if it could find its audience, and here's the, there's the real challenge that I have with this. Steve will eventually watch this, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if Steve's children will watch this. I don't know if young people are even going to connect to Star Wars. I think that the brand is poison for them. Hmm. Um, 
I, I mean, who who's going to watch the Star Wars films, Steve? Were the were the uh, the latest Disney Star Wars films well received? For a certain demographic, for the for the middle aged demographic, yes, absolutely. For my certain, were they were they well received? Well, for <laughs> well. You're right. There, there were certainly some flaws in the storytelling for the, the, the last. What was trilogy. the story, Steve? Yeah, the story. Yeah, <laughs> story was flawed. The, the The story of the Mandalorian was wonderful. The story of the Book of Boba Fett hopefully will turn out to be as good, as well put together as the Mandalorian. Well, and the, and there's a big issue is this so far has turned into a western, and it's okay. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's bad. I think they did a wonderful job casting it. The filming looks great. Certainly, they grabbed Tatooine very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a story there. And we've gotten the the first two parts of, of the reveal. And John Favreau knows the you know just how to. I'm sorry, it's not just John, uh, John Favreau. Whoever is directing this and writing this. They really know how to wink at the audience just right, and then also provide a reasonable story. So I have high hopes for this in the sense that uh, it will find its audience like uh, The Mandalorian did. But the Book of Boba Fett so far has gotten off to a pretty good start. Uh, Once again, these episodes are being released weekly. They're on Disney+, and you can watch them. Yep. Tamura... Morrison playing Boba Fett at age 60 is doing amazing things. Uh, It's interesting that Daniel Logan, who played Boba Fett in the 2002 film, he's 34 years old, but they went with the 60-year-old who played Jango Fett in the original movie. Ming-Na Wen is doing all of the stunts and amazing uh, flying across the tops of buildings. Jennifer Beals is a beautiful dancer. And our friend of the show, Alan Baugh, is in there uh a, a <laughs> he's he's in a star wars movie it's congratulations to alan <laughs> i got a chance to go back in time a little bit and watch some of the movies that i didn't get a chance to watch during the holiday break i finally saw ghostbusters afterlife which became available for home viewing at the 1999 price this week so you and I both did the same thing. We both bought one of the $19.99 rentals. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting trend to watch because that could delay things being released you know, to the streaming services. And we can, we can discuss that later when we talk about some of the other ways that we're seeing media. But I've always wanted... A, a reasonable price point to watch reasonable big feature films at home. And we are in an era right now where we're testing all of that possibility. What can studios put in the theater? What should they put in the theater? For instance, West Side Story. Would West Side Story have made more money if they put it in a theater for a week and then sold it to us at home for $19.99? I argue that that's one of the titles that they could have uh, had a, a wider distribution for well steve the, the demographic for that was an older demographic and um i'm not really sure if, it, if that would have helped i mean we'll find out it's going to be on disney plus shortly correct but regardless tell us a little bit about uh, ghostbusters afterlife I, I reviewed it previously 
What did you think of it? I was so disappointed that I didn't go to the theater to see this one. This is definitely fan service Ghostbusters for those of us who are of a certain age and remember 1985 fondly. The Ghostbusters movie was a big part of my life, a big part of a lot of people's memory of childhood. And having a next generation Ghostbusters scared the heck out of me. But this movie really finds that right pattern where the grandchild of a ghostbuster gets to have an adventure and and what you said when you reviewed it was this was very much like the goonies this was the kid adventure finding the puzzle trying to solve the adventure and and you didn't mention how much ghost was in that treasure finding that treasure aided by the ghost that is haunting the haunted house was brilliant. Well, you know, there are times when there's a lot of dust in the, in the air and you can't help it. Uh, you know, when you're watching it, have to wipe it out of your eyes. Yeah. There were a few moments. There were a few real emotional beats in this film. I, I really think. Is that, is that what they were? Emotion state? Yes. <laughs> well, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain, Chip. There are these things that humans have called emotions. And every <laughs> once in a while, when we see something that we like, we can actually express that we like something. Oh. <laughs> What I think you're thinking of is the end, the the finale of this. And I don't want to spoil this for anybody, but for me, the finale was not as emotionally strong as I expected it to be. I think that there are certain actors that have aged out of their parts and seeing those people on the screen didn't have the emotional beat for me. It was, it was kind of like when I go to see a, an old rock band and i see how much they have changed since my memory my 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 love of their music from 40 years ago and and i think that there was a, a bit of that at the end of this movie well I, I think you just hit something there that the original ghostbusters they weren't really needed in this film no this film could have uh this film could have stood on its own I, I think that it stood so well on its own. The emotional beats in the middle where we are experiencing this kid's wonder and the, the ghostly intervention of this kid's life, those were emotional beats for me. I recommend this movie highly. Uh, our executive producer, Ron, kept texting me all week. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? Yes, Ron. I've seen Ghost of Busters Afterlife, and now I know why you were so excited about it. This is a really good movie, even built on the chassis of the Ghostbusters. Lucy, this is not your only movie you got to see this week. <laughs> what German, <laughs> what <laughs> German <laughs> version of the German Lucy Cuban. are you watching right now? <laughs> I got to watch Being the Ricardos. This is on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original. This is Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and uh, Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz. Uh, this is so much just an Aaron Sorkin conversation 
talking, 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 talking movie, but I liked it very much. I think that there's a very good chance that being the Ricardos might win the best screenplay for 2021. Really? Yeah. I think that the dialogue is so carefully written and so carefully delivered. This is a good movie that doesn't have that emotional beat to it. Sometimes there's some points in this movie where we're supposed to care about what's happening this this frantic terrible awful week for lucy and desi and and i don't care about it nearly as much but jk simmons who plays the actor who played fred in i love lucy he delivers the emotion and you don't really expect it from him you don't see it coming he is this uh alcoholic actor who seems like he doesn't care and then by the end he is the one who brings the emotion i recommend being the ricardos for everybody that that loved lucille ball and and enjoyed i love lucy opening this week we've got some more fan service coming up what's the fan service movie of the week chip (laughs) Uh, it seems like that we're going to have some phone calls steve on this thing called a landline i don't know if you've heard of it (laughs) the 2022 version of the movie scream is coming to our theaters this week it's called scream not to be confusing at all (laughs) well one of the uh the fears that's being uh, talked about here is i i kind of joke because the original and in the trailer the original phone call comes through a landline but eventually it's the smartphone and all the smart home devices that you have the locks and all that other stuff opening and closing oh no oh no somebody has control mm-hmm. so steve if you want to go and relive this uh, franchise Again. in a modern sense it's it's available on friday but that's not the only thing we have steve yeah we, we have ben affleck coming up Ben Affleck. No, that's Matt Damon. Ben Affleck's friend. <laughs> ben Affleck is in a movie this week called Deep Water. Uh, once again, Ben Affleck's character seems to be having uh, marital issues. <laughs> well, there you go. It's there for you to watch. Enjoy it, Steve. We got another movie coming up that's about a special street that we don't even have a trailer for, Steve. Yeah, there is a Sesame Street movie that has been announced, has been in the works for a long time, and apparently is coming to HBO Max. But we, boy, the information on this one is really hard to find. Apparently, Big Bird and his Sesame Street friends are expelled from Sesame Street and find themselves in Manhattan and meet up with Anne Hathaway, Bo Burnham, and chance the rapper chicago's very own chance the rapper in manhattan that makes sense so the muppets are going to manhattan (laughs) that is the funniest thing you've ever said (laughs) chip wins january Uh, well anyway we 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 do we did find that it is being released on friday we really do not know if it's going to be at the theater or on hbo max and we don't have a trailer but i mean the internet never lies to us that's right 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 dates never change halloween movies definitely come out on halloween except Hotel Transylvania Transformania, which we talked about back in September, was supposed to come out for October, and now it is finally getting to us here in January 2022. 
Did they get all the rewrites in and all the new uh, action scenes? We don't know. We, we don't know. But anyway, this is an animated film. In fact, almost all of these are coming up. There are going to be animated films. Hmm. This is on Amazon Prime, Hotel Transylvania, the latest version. We're going to see a lot of animated films coming up because those films didn't stop filming during the lockdown because all the actors could still do their work, even though they were at home. So we're going to see a lot of animated films, including Riverdance, the animated adventure coming to Netflix this week. Feet of flames, Steve. Feet of flames. If, <laughs> Lord of the uh, Just they have this available, you know, knowing <laughs> no, they could have delayed it just a, a month or so. St. Patrick's Day is coming out, Steve. <laughs> and what better way to do St. Patrick's Day than a little Irish dancing? Who's still watching Riverdance? Who's still interested in this? This this was a phenomenon from years ago. What are we what are we talking about? <laughs> Well, Steve, uh, you know, speak for yourself. Uh, what do you think I do every Saturday night? I River do a dance? little dancing. Is that what it is? A little, little, little Irish dancing. That explains dancing a lot. With a, with, a lot, with a large group of people. Steve, that's not the only animated film coming up. You know, sometimes we have to go and we have to go anime, and that would be what? There's a movie called Bell coming out this week. This is an animated adventure about a shy high school student living in a rural village. I know a lot of certain people in my life who will go out and rush to watch this movie. That's a trio of animated films coming out, Steve. And this one, you get to read the dialogue. So, you know, you know, you go and you watch a movie and you practice reading. There you go. Speaking of which, there is a French film coming out this week called Delicious. Oui, oui. Yes, we referring to yourself and others. That is what you do when you go down a slide. You say we. Delicious is a story of 1789, just before the French Revolution. A man invents the concept of the restaurant. And I saw the trailer of this. And the first thing you're going, oh, it's a foreign film. And then the second part, you go, oh, I'll be reading the dialogue. But this film looks really good. So I do recommend, I mean, if you're going to look at a film and you want a reading film, why not watch a French reading film that's going to be making food, Steve? I do recommend that you check out the trailer on this. There have been plenty of foreign films in my study that have been about food, and this one looks delicious. Well, maybe there'll be a Swedish chef for you, Steve. Why is it all about the Muppets with me? I don't know. It's about food and the Muppets. There's another movie coming out called Who We Are, a chronicle of racism in America. All right. So Jeffrey Robinson is an attorney. He's going to make a case for um, how racism is dealt with in the United States. And maybe some really uncomfortable uh, statements. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think this is going to be a very interesting presentation. So Delicious and Who We Are look like two movies that I will end up seeing. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book at our book of the week. And Chip, you have been continuing your study of American history this week. You were reading OMGWTF Does the Constitution Actually Say? A non-boring guide to how our democracy is supposed to work. This was released in 2020 by Ben Sheehan. 
First thing, WTF, I, I was trying to figure out what that means. That's kind of slang for something. So I had to go to my Urban Dictionary. It means why the face? Why the face? So <laughs> why the face? For all, you, for all you older people out there trying doing? to figure out what Why the face? My <laughs> God. The thing we, we should know is that Ben Sheehan also worked for Funny or Die. Hmm. Um, so along with Adam McKay. So... What I will say is this is not history. This is civics, my friend, oh. civics. And is civics taught in middle school? Do you know? They do study the Constitution in middle school, yes. All right. Well, good. Civics is something that we all should take. And in fact, most of us cannot put together how our government works. Like you, most of us don't know there's three branches of government, the executive, the judicial, and also the legislative, and how they work together and, and what they're designed to do. Your state may or may not be uh, similar to how the federal constitution is, is set up. But like an English class, we, we should take every year or so so we can relearn how to, you know, all those bad habits we have with punctuation or spelling or whatever, we can tighten those up. I would say that uh, a civics class would be a great example of something that would be very timely for you to do. Because one, you could understand how our government works. This is an incredibly skilled presentation. We go by each section of the Constitution. He breaks it down, and then he gives commentary on it. And one of the things he says that I actually don't believe is that he goes, we should rewrite the Constitution every few years with modern language. And the challenge with that, imagine writing laws based on our Constitution, and then having someone rewrite the Constitution in modern language, well, words meaning could change. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the meaning of the law could change. So there, there would be one of the arguments against what he said that uh, we should write it in modern language. But I will state that his commentary on what he thinks the intent of the um, the Constitution and every, you know, the sentences of it is brilliant. It's really a wonderful exploration of the the law of the land and how we, we set up our, our government and how it works and how it relates to the people. He makes a wonderful case um, that James Madison, he goes, listen, Thomas Jefferson is on coins. Uh, George Washington is on coins. The the author of our Constitution, the, the, the brilliant man who sat down, who studied uh, how governments should be set up, kind of outlined how our U.S. government should be set up after the Articles of Confederation failed. He's not in anything. And I do think that that was one of the revelations I had visiting Mount Pelier earlier, I'm sorry, late last year, was how little I know about James Madison and how wonderfully gifted he was. You also uh, get an exploration of the Declaration of Independence. So uh, he, the Declaration of Independence is read, and then there's some commentary. So if you think of the Declaration of Independence as a um, philosophy document, basically outlining what the United States is set out uh, as a philosophy, and then why a list of grievances of why we were leaving England. The Constitution is an exploration of how to set up, you know, an imperfect 
document that we will have to define and redefine. And we go through the amendments of it. We go through the shortcomings of it. Obviously, one of the shortcomings of it was slavery, both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution had statements in there that were to deal with that. And uh, sometimes they were taken out. They mm. were taken out. And how, to, how and, and, and that still is a question that we're, we're still grappling with today is how could such an enlightened group of people, when I say enlightened, certainly um, I'm using that word uh, because we, we are a product of the enlightenment uh, way of thinking. Uh, our country is. But this idea that we could talk about freedom, we could talk about liberty, and we could talk about humans having rights. And then we had a group of people that were enslaved. Mm -hmm. And they can talk around it, because we redefine words. I mean, all men are created equal, certainly at that time meant men and property owners. And that got changed and now it's all basically we can read it as all persons are created equal mm -hmm. if you're human you have human rights um, and who knows maybe if we can figure out dolphins have uh the ability to communicate like humans do that maybe we'll expand those human rights you so long know. and thanks for all the fish you never know Steve. you never know but ben sheenan certainly is a witty thoughtful person he uh, grew up or was born in Washington, D.C., so it sounds like, I mean, I don't know him, but you're kind of hyper aware of government at that point. And I am still, I'm amazed at how many of my peers struggle with, you know, if, if you had to draw the outline of the federal government out, could you do it? Mm. Could you do it? If you could draw, could you draw out how um, Illinois this government is set up. I'm, I'm in North Carolina right now. North Carolina is very simple, but North Carolina is a little bit different than um, Illinois. We don't have townships. Okay. Uh, and I lived in the Commonwealth of Virginia. There's a difference between a, a, a state of North Carolina and state of Illinois and a Commonwealth of Virginia, hmm. uh, which is just a little bit different. They function similarly, but they're just a, there's some nuances to it. I think the argument is civics is not really thought of other than maybe for, you know, how it's introduced, maybe a year, maybe you get a year of civics in your um, K through 12 experience. But the reality is, is that you really should learn more about civics because chances are you've forgotten how it works. Mm. I really, really like this book. I highly recommend it. This is not a boring book. This is, a, uh, in fact, it's it's a fast read and certainly a, a, a nice reminder of how much you can control um, your little world and how it relates to the bigger world. So it, it, it's a lovely, lovely book. I, I highly recommend it. The idea of having people who are voting not have the knowledge of how this works is frightening to me. I think that we, the people, need to understand the system in order to participate in it. And participating in it without knowledge uh, can lead to some, some really bad consequences. Well, there's two parts to that, Steve. One, we have a whole group of people, and the majority of people don't know how civics works, yet they still vote. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's... The point is, is that they're given those rights, or I'm sorry, some of them vote. There, there's the other part. Yeah. And then the second part of that is, um, 
Yeah, there's a whole people who know how the, the system works and know how to use that system. And they're very good at using that system. And that's another uh, challenge. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that the other thing I want to mention is that Sheenan makes a really nice commentary. Like we really don't get a great accounting of where the money goes. Like when we the money comes in and goes out. And what if they would, you know, the Office of Management Budget release like a quarterly statement of like, oh, this is what we spent all those those uh, taxes for. Mm-hmm. You know, would that help things out a little better? I mean, think about the challenges that many state governments have, like Illinois, for example, mm-hmm. and how that impacts future generations. You know, these are things that are important, foundational tools to move to the upper decisions that will be made. It's interesting to look at these, to study this concept of how governance works and how our government works and how it it could improve. So yeah, I I promote any kind of civics that that would come out of uh, a writer that is able to bring that information on a non-boring way like Ben Sheehan has laid out in this book. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll, I'll leave with this um uh, is that w- one this is um written with adult language in mind. So he does have a version of this for children that um, uses children-appropriate language. And the other part is I I don't want you to feel that in any way intimidated about reading this book. Ben does an incredibly gifted job at making it relatable, something that you can read, some language that that, uh, may be a little dated to you. But certainly after you read that, Underneath it, all the commentary is like, oh, this is really what it means. And, and there's a, a part where he talks about the Second Amendment, which is fantastic. Uh, it is a very thoughtful way of thinking about the Second Amendment, which is you know, the right to, to bear arms is how we, many of us read it. And it is um, very thoughtful. You may not agree ultimately what it comes down to, but certainly it's very plausible. And certainly very um, reasonable on, on how he presents it. Now, is that the the final answer on everything? No, no. But it's a good way of, of thinking about it and a good uh, good beginning part of understanding, once again, some of the laws that we have in the, the, the Constitution, your rights as a, as a human citizen living in the United States. And he, what he doesn't ask is the great big question is whether those rights exist to people who are non-American. Mm-hmm. which is a fascinating subject that if you corner me, we can talk a little bit about. Uh, but the, the last part about this is, is this, this is a nice bookend to a conversation I, I listened to um, earlier in the week that basically is whether we even need a constitution uh, and whether that's, a, that's even required. But the United States Constitution is the oldest constitution in the world. It's over uh, 200 and, I don't know, 50 years, somewhere around there. Uh, and that is a pretty amazing thing to have also. That's wonderful. Uh, that is OMGWTF, Does the Constitution Actually Say, by Ben Sheehan. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it, Chip. Uh, what's your sign? <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me, let me try that again. Hey, Chip. What's your sign? 
see, obviously you are uh, talking about, there was a Wired article earlier this week that uh, talked a little bit about how do you practice responsible astrology, Steve? Yeah. And um, the quick answer is don't. <laughs> My sign is yield. I'm reading you, Steve. I'm just, this is a cold read. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's so much psychology that goes into this this belief in something larger than ourselves and I, I understand it i get it but no i don't think astrology is the right choice <laughs> <laughs> well there you go steve if you want to read the article and find out more about how to practice res uh, responsible astrology we have it linked in the notes. If you, if you want Steve, an article on um, how not what to do we really it. need is something <laughs> to taste. Yeah, Willy Wonka apparently is uh, back in in fashion, and he's making a taste. He's Japanese, Steve. He's Japanese. Japanese Willy Wonka has created a lickable TV screen. You can taste the rainbow. <laughs> it's, oh, it's an endless gobstopper, Steve. <laughs> You, get, you lick all the way back to the back of the TV. Oh, show's over, I guess. That is interesting. I, I have no idea how you would do this, but somehow you are going to create a taste through a screen, Steve. I understand how you would do it. I don't know why you would do it. Just the same as smell-o-vision, the concept of wanting to smell or taste the images that you see on the television, I don't understand why science keeps trying this. Somebody's got to want it, Steve. Speaking of wanting things, Chip, there's there's plenty of people that want to watch movies and TV shows and don't want to pay for them. So there's plenty of piracy that's happening around the world. There is, Steve, and there's all sorts of piracy websites, but it seems like one of the big ones shut down. Yeah, Popcorn Time was a very popular way to stream illegally downloaded pirated movies uh, very easily. The, it, very much like Netflix. Just click on a movie and it comes up. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't care where it's coming from. You are seeing a movie that maybe uh, somebody snuck a video camera into a theater and filmed. That service has shut down. And I think that there's a lot less piracy going on in 2022 than there was, say, 10 years ago. Well, Steve, obviously you haven't met a lot of young people. And um, <laughs> the Amazon Fire Stick seems to be uh, still in high demand for some reason, Steve. <laughs> it's been tampered with somehow. Yeah, there, there are ways to steal material, movies, and music. But I think that... There's so many ways to genuinely pay a small fee to see these things. And it's so easy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just an old person and I don't understand. Well, and, and that's a great point though. In fact, that was one of Bezos arguments. I think about uh, the Kindle was if you make your books available at a reasonable price, the chances of someone or the, the incentive for someone to go and steal it may go down. Well, that was um, Steve Jobs with iTunes was, was 99 ah. cents a song was, was absolutely a good price point. People are willing to part with 99 cents and they won't bother to, to do the piracy. And, and where do you see piracy and things that are not available? So mm -hmm. if you know, for bands that held out for my example, Def Leppard, Metallica, a, a number of them held out 
they didn't have streaming rights in their contracts. They didn't know how they were going to be paid for, you know, obviously there was reasons for that. And there's even argument whether it's even worthy, whether the money is great enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's always a, uh, a writer or a performer that will show you their, I don't know, $2 check they received for the last six months. Um, so, I mean, there's certainly debates about a number of those things, but if you can get Disney plus for, I don't know, uh, $7 a month, you know, do you really need to go out there and steal black widow? Disney came back and said, Hey, listen, black widow, you know, they're thinking about $600 million was the, uh, cost of piracy for that film, which may or may not be true. Yeah, I think they're coming up with that. Remember, Black Widow was the one that they did day and date because we're in a pandemic. People didn't want to go to the movie theater, so they did day and date for Black Widow. That's against the contract that Disney signed with Scarlett Johansson, and she sued them. And I think that part of what we're seeing now is is Disney saying, well, we lost money due to piracy. We you know, didn't make as much money as we expected to make and it wasn't our fault it was piracy i I don't buy that argument well it may or may not be true but if i'm an accountant working for disney i'm looking for ways to write off losses and that may be a way to write off those losses right there yeah uh if you can justify it but the, the reality is is what we've seen and what the trend should be is that as things are available at for a reasonable price um the incentives to steal them may not be as great. Now, we live in in unique times in the the sense that we're dealing with all sorts of challenges downtown Chicago with stealing. Um, But, you know, the the reality is that we had one of the pirates' websites decide that they were not going to continue. It's interesting to watch what the different studios are trying the experiments of theatrical timing and sending movies home timing and how all of that's going to work out. I think it needs to be by title. I think that the ghostbusters afterlife, I would have gone to the theater to watch it. If we weren't in a pandemic, I did not see it until it was available in my home at 1999. That price point worked for me, for my family, a a movie like West side story. I really think would have benefited from being released at home. I think that those old people who watched that movie are, are not great with technology, but they're also not going to the movie theater in a pandemic. When I went to see West Side Story, there was a demographic there, Steve. We're going to find out. Uh, West Side Story will be released through Disney+. Plus. We'll see if that helps it at all. You have been helping with movies, and you were a guest on our friendly neighborhood podcast, Munson's at the Movies, this week. Well, Steve, we've had Kyle Hickman on, and um, I may see some movies. You may see some movies. Kyle sees all movies. All movies. And Munson's at the Movies is an exploration of uh, a specific actor and their body of work. And so we took an actor. We dissected the work. I was given a movie that was not particularly good, and uh, I got to comment on it with a lot of fun puns. Uh, other people got to see movies that were much better than mine. And uh, all I can say is I won't give away the actor, 
but life moves pretty fast, Steve. Awesome. You you should tune in to Munson's at the movies every week. They do go through the body of work of one actor, one actor at a time, and really dissect, really get into who that person is as an actor. Uh, some great conversation over at Munson's at the movies. Shermer High School, Steve. There is no Shermer in Illinois. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think so. Hopefully my voice will be a little bit less craggy next week. School is in session and I'm talking a lot. I'm going to add craggy to my new words of the, of the year. <laughs> Having many the year. crags. Words of the year in 2022 has started on January 11th. All right. Rugged and rough textured in an attractive way. That's my, that's my throat right now. For <laughs> sure. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hessenflow. I'm Craggy. We'll see you in the future.